no having two dedication. Anymore. It's yeah, it's it's past that like peak of like oh this is so cool, and then like everyone just like drops off and they're like how you're a poser if you're playing. No, you're a true Pokemon master if you're playing now. You live past the hype. Oh, I you guess. Kept yeah. With it. yeah, you're right. So you're you like were a poser a, before. You're a gym master, basically now. All right, Justin. What? Pop quiz. Yeah. What episode number are we on? I don't even know. Like, the tens, like sixty something. You're right. You're good. He's James. Do you want to steal for double points? What is seventy? Ooh, I'm sorry, Justin. Sixty-seven. Justin's actually closer, though. You're both fucking wrong. It's sixty-one. Oh. But hey, it's episode sixty-one of Super High Sci-Fi. We have a special guest, James, with us today. Say hello, James. Hello, James. Say I'm a big loser. I refrain. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so James is smarter than your average retard. So we, you know, we got above average retards on the show now, which is good uh, because today we're going to be discussing uh, a hotbed of controversy. Did you get a new sticker for your laptop? I did get a new sticker for my laptop. It came with the T-shirt that you so callously declined. Oh, it's like a little squid. It's cute. Can I yeah. get the sticker? Uh, you got to get the T-shirt to get the sticker, man. All right, all right I'm down. It's like the <laughs> it's like the Happy Meal toy, you know. <laughs> You get it by the meal to get the deal, I believe is what they say at McDonald's. No, you can just bribe like the. Bet you Custom Ink would send you one of those. I bet you they would. Not a sponsor of the podcast, but Custom Ink, if you're listening, I'm wearing one of your shirts. <laughs> it's the best I can do. Okay. Anyway, before we talk about our our controversial topic of Star Trek One and Star Trek Two, a movie that. Brings up a lot of uh, debate, I guess, in the sci-fi community because one is reputed to be super boring and the other one is acceptable and exciting. And James, you know, is going to take a controversial position on Star Trek. That's we, correct. We hope. I want to talk about two news items really quick. Um, one is uh, Audi, the car manufacturer, has got some insane idea that they're going to have cameras in the front of their cars to read stoplights. And then the stoplights are going to talk to the cars in turn through, you know, Wi-Fi and shit. So the cars are going to be able to count down to the light turning green for you. So you'll know when you can start moving as opposed to actually watching the light. I know, it sounds really stupid. That seems like a lot of work, whereas, like, most of the time you can just sort of, like, eyeball the opposite light. Be like, all right, that one's turning yellow now. I can go in a second. I like car features, and that one doesn't sound cool. No. no, it actually sounds kind of weird that they would go ahead and devote that much time and effort to something that is uh, applicable only to Audi drivers, one, and it's only in connected cities in properly equipped cars. It's a lot to spend on R&D for what, again? Like, it doesn't seem like a... All it is is it's just the, the stoplight, I guess, has a you know floating counter and says, hey, it's five seconds till I turn green. And the car's like, okay, I better tell I mean, the driver. There, I, there is like some sort of like you know far off future. You want to have like all the cars connected with all the traffic signals and whatnot, so you have like efficient traffic. But that seems like it's not going towards that. I really wonder if they had a technology already like being developed for some other application that happened to work for that. So this really isn't a stretch. Because oh. to build this from the ground up doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I think that it's probably to do with their autonomous car thing everybody's trying to do right now is getting the city to talk to the cars. Yeah. Might be like then the cars talk to each other in turn so you can avoid traffic or the autonomous vehicle knows when, you know, which you know route to take where traffic's flowing the best. But right now it seems really stupid. 
seems like that BMW Mercedes thing you can get where it shows you night vision in the little computer display so you can see people who are hiding in the bushes or something. That's really pointless, but I thought it was an interesting thing. And China is beating us again. It's very sad. I have a good authority that's Not at the Olympics. Sad. No, not at the Olympics. Actually, the European Union beat us if you... Oh, yeah, I saw that infographic thing. (laughs) Did you see that, James? I didn't know. Uh, I think it's the official EU Twitter account from Brussels tweeted out that, like, the European Union was number one at the Olympics, and they are if you add all of Europe's medals together. And Great Britain as well, so... Since they're not... (laughs) Since they're not a unitary state, they can't really claim that but boy they sure try (laughs) try not to argue with speculation right i mean who knows how many of those medals are going to be leaving in the near future but china is beating us because they've launched a quantum science satellite what What does that that mean remember a long time ago on the podcast and loyal listeners will remember we talked about the quantum entanglement idea that you have two molecules that are entangled one is in one state so the other one is in one state and then zero zero China has put that in orbit now. So apparently they have gone through the expense of entangling two molecules together, and they're going to attempt to use this as a quantum communications hub. Oh, for like a testing of the technology, pretty much. Right, they're trying to apply it to a global scale, Mm -hmm. which is cool because uh, that means no latency time, which is, you know, so if James is trying to browse porn in the subway station while he's on his way to work... It's going to be reduced lag time. Or, you know, Counter-Strike. You'll have, like, great ping. Yep. No more school shootings over Counter-Strike matches. The benefits really just keep adding up, but I'm surprised that China put this up without telling anybody about it, but I guess they launched a satellite. Well, and someone... I'm sure they told people just, you know, until it actually got up there, it wasn't really newsworthy outside of maybe China's, like, Xinhua? very specific scientific community. I suppose, but it's pretty cool. I, I'm very sad that uh, China got here first, but a better Counter-Strike ping in the future is something we can all look forward to. Well, they play, like, Dota, actually. Better Dota ping in the it. future is something we can all look forward to. Or League. Better League ping in the future is something we can all look forward to. I'm just going to have multiple cuts of this just to drop the right one in. Okay. I don't know what the Chinese kids are playing these days. Uh, they play Warcraft 3 sometimes still, too. Are you talking about League as in League totally of Legends? Totally great yeah. game. I used to play that. Love that game. Who did you play as in League of Legends? You and Justin should have a great argument about I this. I was always Ryze or uh, Mordekaiser. What, what was his name? The, oh, the dude with the yeah. axe and the armor, soul yeah. caliber looking guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who did I play? I played... I uh, like Sorcerers. I can't remember who I played. Are you a magician, James? Yes. Okay. Uh, See, I thought you were going to say he had trash taste or something. I was setting up a classic... No, Ryze is a... Yeah. Magician character. Yeah. Okay. All right, no, I mean, those are two respectable things. I mean, there's like a little bit of hate towards Mordekaiser sometimes because a bunch of Brazilians play him because it's like, hooey, 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 just like kill, kill, kill. Are you Brazilian, James? Sometimes. Okay. We don't have a resident expert on wizardry here with us today, so we can't ask our real-life wizard or our real-life wizard apprentice what the best magic character is. But... Rise is solid. I don't know. I heard they remade him recently, but I don't play the game. Yeah. I haven't played in like two or three years. For me, it's been closer to five, so I don't even know what the, the current deal is. Actually, yeah. Probably three, four years now I'm thinking about it more. Yeah. 
Anyway. I stopped, anyway. I stopped before law school. Oh. <laughs> I uninstalled it because I knew it would cost me grades. So. Oh, look at James is too serious. Might be true. Oh, might be true. All right, that's all the news I had. Let's get to the main event and talk about Star Trek and controversial opinions. So, Star Trek 1, the motion picture, Star Trek 2, the Wrath of Khan, two very different movies. Uh, you James, ruined the first one for me. <laughs> oh, really? Did you feel robbed after you sat there for three hours for that conclusion? It's Wait, was there an extended hours. cut or something? Mine was like two hours or something. It's, Wait, it's an unacceptably long movie. Which version did you watch? Did you watch the director's cut? I don't know, man. All right, well, I can't remember. Just, I think people should watch the like 20th anniversary director's cut. They like did redid the effects and all that, so it's. Uh, it yeah. looks they, like they really cleaned it up. A crappy version of 2001. The effects. All right, you probably didn't watch that then. Okay. I don't really like the movie, so maybe Justin, you can give us a plot summary for people who haven't seen it. Uh, so the plot summary is. Uh, William Shatner comes back to the Enterprise, uh, dicking over whoever had the Enterprise before him, and he got all butthurt. Um, then they go and investigate a cloud that is coming towards Earth in a couple days because they're the only ship in the area, I guess. Of course. That, that always happens. Yeah, so they go and investigate the cloud. They try and talk to the cloud. They almost get shot at by the cloud, and then Spock does some stuff that says, like, hey... I programmed our computer to talk to the cloud now. And then cloud, like, backs off, sucks them in, starts talking to them, kidnaps one of their members or something, turns them into, like, a robot-type person who just listens to, like, the cloud computer. They're really futuristic thinking, getting cloud technology say, yeah, in Oracle. the 70s. They invented cloud computing in this movie. Um, then Spock goes in and... It's like 2001 when he's like sucked into the giant computer anus. It does look like <laughs> like a cloud's the ass is like tightening and stuff. Yeah, it's um, pretty bad. And then they find out. No, then they're like, "Oh, hey, we have like information. Your computing tells you you need to collect all the information, and we have information, but we're not going to tell you unless you take us to the actual central computer." And then the robot lady's like, "Okay." And they go and find out that it's Voyager. Oh, Six, wow. not any ones that were actually launched. Spoiler. It's the Voyager space probe, one of them. Well, well make, no, they it makes launched sense. Voyager 1 and 2, but 6 it wasn't a thing. It makes sense being that this is a fictional movie, so they have to yes. have a fictional space probe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, whatever. but just... And somehow it got some space gook on it, so it was V'ger rather than right. Voyager. You look like a gorilla just examining a watermelon I'm or something. Curious. Rip Harambe. <laughs> Rest no, in peace, Harambe. We do not joke about Harambe here. <laughs> well, I did just now. Oh, man. James, do you remember the summary I told you last night of the movie? Something about a probe? Yep. There's a big cloud and there's a probe in the middle, and it, machines talked to it and made it want to know why humans sent it out into space. Two hours later, thanks for buying the ticket. See you later. Mm-hmm. That was about it, really. Did the episodes of the movies come first? Stop fondling that. 
makes a weird springy noise. Um, I don't know, James. What do you, what do you think? I don't know. I would assume the episodes. Ah, they're good. All right. So we started on solid ground here. The right. episodes did come first. That's actually a good transition for explaining why this movie is the way it is. Because wait, wait, all like because I was looking at for this movie on Netflix first, and there's like three seasons of the original series. Was it after the initial run? Of the three, yeah. So like they ran the original series from like sixty six to sixty nine, and it was not popular when it first ran. So like NBC tried to kill it like all three seasons, and they finally succeeded. So this movie came out in like nineteen seventy nine. So it was like basically a decade during which Star Trek became hugely popular, and that's when the convention started and all that. So when Star Wars came out, they decided to make a movie, but the Weird thing is that they had already been planning to make another series, and it was going to be called Star Trek Phase 2, and then when Star Wars came out, they decided to turn it from a series into a movie because they're like, we need to get some of that movie money. And that's why like, I think this movie is the way it is because so much of the stuff that's in the movie, like the designs and the costumes, are recycled from the second series idea mm-hmm. because they decided to turn it into a movie when they already had like sets and stuff for the new series. Okay, I was going to say that's like, where the plot came from too, because the plot is kind of like a big, long two-hour episode. Like it doesn't really feel like a movie, and that's actually the plot of this was supposed to be like an episode in the series, I believe. And I think it would have been a really good episode of Star Trek, but it is a terribly boring movie in my opinion because it's way too long for an episode length of content to just, no, it's a space probe. Well, no, that was the thing I was thinking like multiple times during the movie. It was like, all right, you have this little like miniature set shot or something that just you're dragging on like a minute or two too long like just stretch it out everybody criticizes like the beginning part where they're flying around the ship and i chalked that up to like fans hadn't seen star trek for 10 years so they got to give them like eye candy because this is totally a made for the the hardcore fan movie Mm -hmm. just based on the plot and how there's not a lot of action and it's i wouldn't say it's boring i'd say it's very cerebral movie just not even an too much thinking, not enough feeling in this movie. See, I think it's boring. I don't think it's. I think it's cerebral, but I think it's also boring because you're you're thinking, but you're not ever actually thinking about anything of consequence. It's just like, that's a big cloud. That's a big thing in the cloud. Oh, it's a little tiny space probe. Okay. Well, and then like at the very end, it just like gives you that question, like, oh, what is life? Machine? Is that life? Well, you, at the base level, and then like the rest of the whole movie, the last hour and 40 minutes is just cloud cloud butthole it's, it's, it's a cloud it's a big cloud it's a big yeah. thing in the clouds but it is an intriguing road. concept you have to admit oh, it's a great concept the idea but it's of a way probe, too long yeah the idea of a earth launch probe returning as some kind of alien hybrid is a it's a pretty unique idea i'd say it's a pretty good one but it also is very reminiscent of an episode of the original series where they actually encounter a space probe from earth that merges with an alien other alien probe and Kirk has to, like, confuse the hell out of it to get it to destroy itself, like every computer he talks to. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, they pretty much ripped off that plot. They just put it through, like, several writer spin cycles. Yeah, and they use a similar movie. plot in yeah. Next Generation again. And I, there's nothing wrong with that idea of the plot that, you know, ooh, we found a... I mean, they fucking found Abraham Lincoln floating in space, so... The space probe, right? Fine, whatever. But it's just two hours for the payoff of 
It's a space probe that wants to know what the meaning of life is. Like they could, yeah. they could have sent an email, like you know, hey, two Federation Council subject, you know, what's the meaning of life? <coughs> Thanks, Voyager Six. Look, I, I will defend this movie always because I I actually really like it and I, I like everything Star Trek, but uh, especially like I just I just do like everything about it. What about oh, what about the the new movies? You don't like those? That's Star Trek. I fucking hate them because they're not Star Trek. They're not real <laughs> Star Trek. Sorry, it's just you can't get around that one. James and I like them. They are Star Trek. We I'll say fuck you. they are <laughs> Star Trek branded action movies, but that's we can go what, on. That's we can continue yeah, with. That's, so so that's they are Star Trek. No, no, they're generic they're Jason Bourne with Star, Star Trek, Trek branded. They're movies. Jason Bourne with Star Trek pasted on it. That's yeah. Jason Bourne's not in those movies. Matt Damon never makes an appearance. He might as well. I mean, Chris Pine's basically playing Matt Damon without the karate and all that. Chris Pine's playing an extra from Wolf of Wall Street. He's playing one of the Stratton Oakmont <laughs> traders. Basically, I mean. Look, the, the thing about this movie, it's totally plot driven. It's not very character driven, like Wrath of Khan, which I think is like the biggest failing because so many of the characters that people waited so long to see again, they don't get any kind of satisfying story in the motion picture. Like, I think Spock's the only one who really has a. Like, who actually like changes throughout the story. I so, mean, were those two. Uh, people that ended up like dying or merging with the robot, whatever, at the end? No, no. List them as missing. Huh? They, they list them as missing. No, no, no. Okay. Still, <laughs> were they like some sort of central characters or just B-list no. characters they brought in for the movie? They were people they made up for the movie. Okay. Yeah. I they, wasn't sure. They falsified official documents and so, death reports. So uh, Decker, Decker, who is you know played by a renowned child molester, <laughs> Reverend Campbell. I was going to say, the guy, <laughs> the creepy Reverend from Seventh Heaven who turned out to be a child molester. Yeah. He does a good job in this movie. He's he a does good, a good job with yeah, the kids right. too, I hear. Yep, yep, he does. But <laughs> they, uh, yeah, they invented the characters for this movie. I think like somewhere that Decker's character is supposed to be the son of the, one of the characters in the original series, the the Commodore who like kills himself against Matt the Decker. Dooms- yeah, the Doomsday Machine thing. All right, but, I mean, fine, whatever. But yeah. just you know, again, two hours of my life right, 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 to right. get to this point. He's, he could be an interesting character, but. They don't really do anything with it. But they, they have this, they've got you captive for two hours yeah. and they choose to talk about a cloud's chemical composition and do model shots of a cloud and a thing in a cloud rather than telling you a story. Right. And well, like they, I, they did ahead. like a little bit of a story. They, it felt like they tried to do it. It's like, oh, hey, like this woman's coming on the ship. It's like, oh, we have a history. Well, what was the history? Hey, there's a cloud over there. It's like, okay. Do you have a history? Hmm? Do you have a history? Because you didn't talk about it very much. <laughs> right. And that's what I wish they had done with those two characters is actually like give them a motivation. Like clearly it's like, oh yeah, they were, you know, they were involved on this Delta planet and they don't go anywhere with that until we get to the end of the movie where like they become like merged with the machine. But there's nothing in between. The only one who has an in-between is Spock in the movie. That's it. Like, nobody, like, they don't do anything with McCoy. Kirk doesn't do anything different. I mean, he just, like, slips back into what he was doing in the original series. There's nothing, as opposed to Wrath of Khan, where he actually learns something. <laughs> well, I, my objection to, to this movie, I guess, <clears throat> is the same objection I have to some of the J.J. stuff, is that the characters learn nothing, and they're very happy about that. I think they're happy because they survive the, the movie. But, I mean, but... it's like, Kirk's like, <laughs> all Kirk, right. Kirk I've... learned in the first new Star Trek movie. 
Remember, he was this like bar bum that was content getting in fights, and now he became a starship captain. He learned. Because that guy was like, I double dog dare you to go to Starfleet Academy. And Kirk's like, all right, I'm he's not like a pussy. Ryan right. Lochte, he's like, yeah. He gets promoted in like three <laughs> minutes to like Admiral or something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, a, that's a really quick career arc. Uh, Tyler Perry, the Admiral, is like, yeah, you're reinstated as a cadet, and you're the captain of the Enterprise now. Because Seriously, at the rate Star Trek is going, that's going to be the next movie. Tyler Perry's Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> Medea goes to Starfleet yeah, Academy. Yeah, Medea goes to Starfleet, yeah. Didn't think it could get worse after Beastie yeah, Boys. and Tyler Perry's going to play, like, half of the roles. Oh, yeah, stuff. naturally. <laughs> I, I don't know. Whatever. Fuck it. It's just... Yeah. The, I, I do like James the, the, for all of this. The stuff about the motion picture that I do like is that something that everybody hates about this movie, including the actors, I do like the pajama uniforms. They are, <laughs> they are kind of funny, cool. I like I like them. But the actors hated them because they were full body things, and they had to like help somebody have somebody help them get into them and zip up the back. But they looked like they were all cut from like a single piece of fabric. Yeah, I think they were. But uh, people didn't like them because they were very gray and you know monotone. But you know, actually, I actually think they kind of worked. They looked pretty. It was a drastic change from the original series uniforms, and I think that's what they were going for. The original series uniforms were T-shirts with gold right. stuff like ironed onto them. Well, they were black pants with you know multicolored dress shirts, basically. And then this one, they go to like white and gray and kind of like a tan color, which they tried to do something different, I guess, and didn't work out the way they wanted to. But I think it was actually a good design choice. I think they look if like, you're taking a risk, like the the. Um... The first uniforms from Star Trek The Next Generation that were all like the awkward onesies too. Yeah. That they all... Right. And you could tell they were very awkward because of the way the people moved in them. (laughs) Oh, let's talk about something really funny from Star Trek The Next Generation. You reminded me of this. I do want to touch on the famous Jonathan Frakes, Commander Riker episode. So there's an episode where he... uh, They're talking to aliens, naturally, of course, and the aliens are all like... uh, Genderless. Genderless, or like they're not... Androgynous. Like, right, androgynous. Not male, they're not female, but there's one who like thinks she's a female and Commander Riker fucks her, and then she gets in trouble at the end. But there was originally supposed to be a man in the makeup <clears throat> to you know underscore the androgynous nature, and then Jonathan Frakes, the actor, said no, and he refused to do it, <clears throat> and he held his breath until they changed it to a woman. So <laughs> I guess he wanted to fuck her for real on his trailer or something. <laughs> I just wanted to bring that up because we talked about the next generation and the. He stood up against PC culture oppression. <laughs> he, he was Donald Trump before Donald Trump was yeah. really a thing. I mean, he stood up to PC oppression. Yeah, he put up a metaphorical wall. Between no, <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to go on the set till you get rid of him. And then they said, "Okay, I guess we'll do that, Jonathan Frakes." Yep. You got to leave. Here's your day check. The producers tried to poke him in the eye, and he put up the. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I just there's not a lot to say for me about Star Trek One because it's just like you know I could give you the plot summary like I special did for James. Effects, special effects are great. Are they? I love them for 1979. This thing was up for an Academy Award for special effects. <sighs> to me, it just seems very transparent that Star Wars comes out, and makes a lot of money, and they go, "Hmm, we have this shitty idea for our two-part pilot. Let's just tape that together, and it's a movie." That's how the movie industry works. And Dr. McCoy yeah. wears bell bottoms now, and he's upset about the he has, be, he has like the fucking like seventies like gold chains yeah, and regalia yeah. and stuff. It's like you know what's I don't I don't get that. The time part. travel movie's not done yet. You gotta right save it. 
No, 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 no. He has. No, I, I'm saying for them, like he, he, they, they fucked up. He wasn't going back to the '70s, but he's dressed like he just walked in. He must have been late that day. Right. And, but I do. I like. I like the stuff they did, like the special effects and the models in this movie and stuff, because they did a lot of cool redos on the models, like the Enterprise model. I like yeah. it. It's so cool. We know they're very proud of it. And the the Klingon ships. We, we the know way they redesigned they're those. They're very proud of the Enterprise ours, model. Those are awesome. Because they spend fifteen minutes giving you wraparound shots of it, which I think is it's it's not right for the movie for the plot and everything, but it's it's one of those fan service things. Justin likes fan service. You watch a lot of anime, right? Hmm. Yeah, not lately. Oh, what the fuck? What? Did you just stop watching anime? No, I mean I just haven't really seen anything that's worthwhile to watch. James, what anime would you recommend? The Japanese kind. Okay, all right. <laughs> safe bet. I'll ask the conservative approach. I like that. Absolutely. Dragon Ball Z. Drag- Gundam. James is a big Dragon Ball Z guy, aren't you? I don't really watch anime, nor have I. Gundams. You didn't watch Dragon Ball Z like in high school? No, that came in right as I was getting too old for it. Oh, that's too bad. I guess it's that critical 15-year difference between us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Four, but yes. <laughs> Four times three. Plus three. Twelve. <laughs> Plus three. Twelve. <laughs> I did a little math there, and it's like a parenthetical. Yeah. But you liked Wrath of Khan, didn't you? Oh, it was delightful. The, the explosions. Fantastic. You're just, you're just... Segwaying into yeah, that. I'm segwaying because it's just, just like gonna it's, ignore the rest of the, the complexities of the motion picture. The snorplexities, yeah, terrible, disrespectful, disrespect, so disrespectful. Well, Grant, what else would you like to discuss? <laughs> I'd like to discuss how this movie was a huge financial success. It was, and it justified the making. So it's Transformers. Of yeah, I know, but still, you haven't seen Star Trek for ten years, and they put out a movie that is substandard by Star Trek's own standards, and it still makes enough money to justify an actually really good movie that they made in Rapicon. Yeah, you offer a dying man in the desert a cup of somewhat dirty water; he's going to drink it. It wasn't dirty water. It's just like it's it like the it's like the water that comes out of your shower head, kind of. It's like tap it's water. Not, no, it's it's like it was like. Water from one of those really long, silly straws that takes forever to get to your mouth. <laughs> like you're quenched, but that, it's like that God, plus hot dogs. Did I have to go through like the Ew, ten minute hot shot of water. the Enterprise? Too? Yeah, yeah. Hot yeah. dog water smells funny. What this? does? Hot dog water. Oh yeah. yeah, like the water they have at those like street stall type places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I never really stuck my head in a street stall hot dog or hot dog water thing, but you haven't lived then. Okay. I'll take your word for That's it. That's all James and I did in law school. We didn't actually learn anything. We just stuck our heads in hot dog water. Two words. Hot dog, water. <laughs> <laughs> That's the secret to success. It is. Hot dog, water. What other complexities of the movie would you like to discuss? Too many to talk about here. I'm sure I'll address it in a super high sci-fi blog post at some point. You can go ahead and write one up. For, we'll, those, we'll post for, it. for those people who are truly interested in this this actual diamond in the rough, I think. That's super hi-fi, wi-fi, dot com. <laughs> blog. <laughs> dot blog slash co dot com. Dot ca. I say this is a diamond Ew. in the rough because if they had taken another six months to really develop this before they started shooting with stuff they already had for a TV pilot, 
then I think this would have been a much better movie. There's just a bunch of plot holes in this. There's a bunch of holes in the script that could have been remedied if they had had more time. But again, the people got pushed to do this too fast. So I think there's really good stuff in there. It's just, it's very rough. I think Decker was off his game because they didn't have any kids in his trailer for him. Decker. He had to hide his hunger. Again, though, how much can you do with a character who's very one-dimensional? Like his whole rationale in this I'm movie saying, is though, like, like I, I want to, I, I want to be the captain. If they had dangled <laughs> some premium import Vietnamese orphans in front of him, he would probably would have done a better job. I can only speculate. Just never... like uh, the the guy from Jurassic Park, Dodson. He's a child molester too. Was he really? Yeah. Who? You know, the Dennis Nedry is like meeting the guy in Costa Rica or whatever, and they're having lunch, and the guy who brings him the shaving cream can. Dots. And the very beginning. Here. Yeah, and Dennis Nedry's like, we got Dots in here, see, no one cares, no one cares, and he puts the shaving cream on the pie. Yeah. Yeah, that guy's a child molester, too, so, you know, just. Dotson oh. or Dennis Nedry? Dotson. Dotson. Wayne Knight is just a fat guy. No, he's not fat anymore. He lost yeah. like 300 pounds. That's had, really unfortunate. He got the stomach twisty tie thing. That's too bad. What? But he's got like, enough. He's got enough money so he can pack still his shirt and still be large. I mean, like him and Drew Carey went to the same doctor or something. I'm looking this up now. Okay. Okay. You can keep talking about. I, you're, I know Star you, Trek. You're going to look. Are you going to find Wayne Knight nudes or something and compare <laughs> them? <laughs> That's James's day job. He runs WayneKnightNudes.com. He's the admin. Oh, yeah, Wayne Knight was in Space Jam. They pull a lot of Google display ads. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne Knight was in Space Jam. Actually, yeah, the new Space Jam with LeBron is coming out this year. Oh, does that count as sci-fi because there's aliens in it? <laughs> yeah, I think so. We, if we can go we to should the th- review Space Jam. If we can go to the theater and do that, that would... We should review Space Jam. There's science in it. They suck out all the talent from the basketball <laughs> players and put it in the, in the animated huh. aliens. He doesn't look too bad. I... I mean, for a guy that was, like, fat and probably had, like, random bits of cheese and sandwich in his jowls, like, yeah. They probably vacuumed him off. Fun fact for people out there listening, though, while we're on the subject of, like, not Star Trek, but Space Jam, is that the original Space Jam website from 1996 is still alive. And it's out there. You can visit it. It's got all the nice gifts and stuff. Does it play the music? I don't think it ever plays It's got, like, an animated background of stars twinkling and shit. It's, like, totally from... 1996 or whatever. Like it it's, looks like a GeoCities page. Yep, and it looks like every page you would make in front page in like 1999 with uh, Dragon Ball Z gifts and stuff. So. Are they still considering making a new Space Jam with LeBron? Yes, man, he's a great fill-in for Dennis yeah. Schuler. Because yeah. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> they are. It's coming out. Gonna ruin that whole franchise. I know. And you know what the plot them. of this one should be? Is that LeBron decides that he doesn't want to play for what you know the Cleveland Cavaliers anymore, so he has the decision and decides to join the Aliens team. James gets it. The Alien Heat. <laughs> but then he decides he wants to go back. And then Jordan comes out of retirement and dunks over LeBron. That's the only. He is once again yeah, the greatest. It's the only way that movie will be any good. It, yeah. <laughs> it has to end with Michael Jordan dunking the basketball. And Charles Barkley can do color yeah. commentary. And the song I Believe I Can Fly has to be in it. Yeah. Ah, oh, the old Postal Service commercial song. That was in that movie. Yeah. I believe I can fly. Yep. It was a chart topper. 
unfortunately. I'm going to open your package and see what you have in there. Always. These are alternate lyrics. Yes. <laughs> this looks like a check. <laughs> anyway, Wrath of Khan looks like a check, too, because it made a lot of money. Two and favorite things from that movie is when the Enterprise was hit with enemy fire, how the actors would dive away from explosions. It was delightful. And I also liked that Khan's gang looked like a uh, 80s hair metal band. Those are my two favorite things. Just two? That's, that's my two favorite things. Oh, okay. Other things I enjoyed. Two favorite things. What else did you enjoy? I could see them standing up there singing Here I Am, rocking like a hurricane <laughs> in the like, finest ladies' clothing they look available. Like scorpions. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So what, yeah, what, I was going to ask you that. What hair metal band from the 80s do you think they most look like? You know, I'm not so good with uh, what they look like is what they all looked like. So yeah, the general <laughs> concept. Yeah. I thought they looked good in, in the finest ladies' clothes you could buy, especially with the, uh, the open V-neck so that you could pretty much see everything but the nip. Uh, that 60-year-old dude had decent pecs for yeah, 60-year-old dude. You know, there's an interesting... People have for years accused him of wearing a prosthetic chest piece in that movie. I would completely believe that. But it's not true. The guy just... He, he was big into working out earlier in his life, and he kept the physique. Ricardo Montalban. That's his name? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Great actor. He was one of those contract actors with the studio, so they'd turn out like a hundred movies about Rome, and he'd be the chariot commander guy. Oh yeah, doing like the Charlton Heston porn acting. And he did a lot of TV series in the '60s and '70s, and he also sold Chrysler Cordobas. Yeah, with real Corinthian leather. Corinthian. <laughs> yeah. Wow. What Extra is Corinthian fancy. leather? I've never really known what that is. It's probably just a branding marketing term. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm, I'm going to look it up right now, but I have to assume it's a specific kind of leather. I know what a Corinthian column is. Corinthian I'm going to bet leather. you anything they just made it up. It's like the Chrysler made it up. Just like, oh, it's uh, Corinthian. <laughs> Corinthian leather. Well, yes, Grant's exactly right. From the Isle of Corinth. It's like a color they assigned. Corinthian leather is a toy. Toy. Term coined by the advertising agency Bozell to describe the upholstery used in certain Chrysler luxury vehicles. Clark just might have invest, in, invented a word. Toim. 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 <laughs> Said that like I was a fucking gangster. Uh, the term first appeared in advertising in 1974, although the term suggests that the product has a relationship to or origination from Corinth, there is no relationship. The term is merely a marketing concept. Is it puffery? Or is that false advertising? Uh, I'm going to guess it's puffery. Lame. It's, it's just trying to... You know, I feel like that's a statement of fact about the quality of the product. Hey. Is it, though? Because if I say something's Corinthian, you're probably just going to think it's made of a... It's a column. No. Not I'm going to think plush. it's from Corinth. But is that related to... I'm be very upset. Related you know to plushness? You know what I think they, they termed it as is because the color on the Cordoba, I think, was a kind of a bronze finish. And I think the interior was like a bronzy <laughs> leather. So that makes sense with... With Corinthian, because it'd be like, you know, bronze Wouldn't that be age. more of a Spartan leather, then, to reflect the, uh, the shields know, from Corinthian? It doesn't sound as high class. Yeah, yeah. What do you Spartan. think of when you hear Spartan? Spartan. You're like, oh, this car's like, it doesn't have any options, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's effective. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, um, interestingly enough, do you want to guess where it's at? the leather they use in the cars is actually from? It's not from Corinth. Detroit. So Detroit? It's Chrysler, right? From yeah. Detroit. It's Detroit uh, leather. Justin? No idea. No, it's no it idea. Might be Argentina. They farm a lot of cows down there. It's a strong guess, Grant. I don't know. Can't guess. No guess. It's from Sam Risen's backyard. 
What? New, New Jersey. New Jersey. Ew. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's Sam. Who, for the who record. I remember used to be, I don't know where he's still frozen in carbonite. He's still Wait, frozen in carbonite. That? New Jersey's yeah. the worst state <laughs> of the 50. doesn't remember him. Oh, yeah. Just, Period. He knows that. It's, it's, All I remember is like the clap sync audio things. We yeah. Did. Like when you have to clap your cock between two books to break <laughs> the pustule in there from the hookers. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's kind of I a got new, out of hand quickly. On, like, the worst I think anybody ever did was leave a zebra cake inside of a book in the library. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot worse, though. You didn't get that lecture in AP Euro? <laughs> no. Uh, we got the about the origination of the term with the clap. Yeah, you take two books and have your friends whack it. There's a, there's a really funny video online about the clap. <laughs> that doesn't seem like it would be so effective in mitigating your symptoms. So it's supposed to like shoot out like the pus. I guess it's just supposed to pop the pustule. Okay, now I really want to talk about Star Trek. <laughs> anyway, though, yeah, it's for, the leather's from Newark, New Jersey, which is not where you want to get your leather from. It's like getting... I actually uh, heard something else about New Jersey that was kind of surprising. Like the second, like the the area that produces the second most wine or third most wine in the country is like apparently New Jersey. And I'm just thinking, like, why would you get like I'm thinking like dirty bottled wine from New Jersey, but garbage juice. People say it's good. You should look up the video. I've got the clap, and I'm giving it to you. you we'll put it in the show notes. You'll enjoy it. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, so everybody yeah. can enjoy it at home. Perfect. It's on, recommendation. It's on, it's on YouTube. It's on YouTube, which is a brand new website where you can upload videos. From Many your, people have never heard of it. From the your VHS. The YouTube. The yeah. YouTube. The, YouTube. the YouTube. You can use Napster <laughs> you to go get on, videos. You go on the Google and you search the YouTube. Brand new site. Yeah, fantastic. Brand new. Actually, for anybody who doesn't know out there, if you're searching for videos on Google, it's only going to give you YouTube results anyway, so... That's huh? correct. Something like you use, like, Vimo or something like that. Isn't it? Yeah, Pretty I sure. see video stuff on there. But they prioritize... Oh, YouTube. Everything is YouTube yeah, yeah, for, like, yeah. the first three pages. If they can <laughs> find it on YouTube, they'll put it up first. Yeah. That's why, kids, you type in watch online free into Google after the video you're looking for, and then you, you don't click on the links. Never. Never. You never click on the links. Never. Oh, there's like, okay, you just remind me of something completely unrelated to that. But like, there's these like maps where they show like what the most common search terms are or something like that. Oh, yeah. The and there was like one map? for like porn and like, I forget which state it was, but like one of them was like, oh, free porn was like the, the qualifier for finding their porn. It wasn't like, you know. <laughs> Hot milk porn or something like that or anything like that. It was like free porn. I need free. That is the most. I've seen that map too. I can't remember what Ohio was. Don't know. I don't know. I'm sure incest porn's popular in Arkansas. I think it was interracial. Really? I remember seeing that chart, and I think like uh, no, like interracial was a lot of the southern states. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought Ohio was like yeah, like milk porn or something weird like that. Yeah. See what the future has brought us, James, all this science fiction technology of you'll be able to... Gene search. Roddenberry couldn't right. predict this. You'll be able to connect the, the, you know, Captain Picard can use the subspace communications to talk to people on Earth. It's like, no, no, he's using that to jerk off. Like, he had an iPad. <laughs> they have iPads. Huh? They invented the iPad. Basic human need, right? Yeah. Right. See, and that's something that they never provided for in Star Trek. They never really answered the question, who has to mop up the holodeck? <laughs> it's probably self-cleaning. <laughs> The ship was self-cleaning. It, tra- it transports it out. <laughs> it, they beam it up. Yeah. That's something There's they... There's like a they, planet out there that just like covered in jets. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing they do say, though, that the, the ship does clean itself. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. So they just answer that question for you? I think you? it's like during like the night or something, like they run like a little, must be like a little force field or something to like vaporize like particulate that matter. That seems like a very convenient way to sidestep a lot of questions. Just like they sidestepped the trans the Heisenberg uncertainty principle with the transporter. Or sidestepped yeah. like a lot of other things too. Yeah. Several of them. Like, you know, good movie making. The J.J. Cool? Abrams are superior to the old ones in, in every way. I'm telling you, James. I'm going to come over. <laughs> okay. I'm going to come See, over. See, I'm there. with you a little bit. I find them at least enjoyable. To More entertaining. Some, but not better in every way. Okay, let me, I guess maybe, let me, let me give you a little background into my movie viewing. I demanded intellectual stimulation for movies uh, pre-law school. And then I read so much and my brain has drained so much by the end of the day now that I don't want to think about my media. I want to watch something for about an hour and a half. I want a bunch of pretty colors. I want a few things to explode, and I want to laugh a few times. That's my standard. Uh, the new ones check more of those boxes than the old ones do. <laughs> Grant, you cannot see him, but is fuming under the collar. <laughs> I'm coming for you, James. Oh, James. That sounds sexy. We had such high hopes for you. <laughs> I'll do a you know, Kirk, like, James, God, James, he was having a good time with Con last night. Yeah, it was good. He, he was shouting that in the basement. Mm-hmm. That is like the if anybody knows anything from this movie, that's what it is. Yeah, that's the like anybody who doesn't know anything about Star Trek still knows that they know they know Con yep. and they know Pex. They know those two things. <laughs> <laughs> he never did a titty dance though. No, kind of missed that. He did have a huge gash in his chest at the yeah. end though. He Feels was, like a huge missed opportunity though. Yeah. Just have him stand in front of the camera and do the uh, cheeseburger ready thing for a few minutes. That's in the uh, the extras. Is it really? He was oh. wearing. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, wow, that's impressive. <laughs> he was wearing a wig, though. That was a wig he was wearing. Really? Yeah. I never would have guessed. Yeah. <laughs> Perfectly permed '80s haircut. No, it's because people think like, oh, he's wearing. He has a fucking fake chest, but his head, the hair's real. No, no, the chest is real. The hair's a wig. I just like, so just badly wanted him to smash a guitar during that movie. <laughs> Well, he it. sort of did that at the end when he was like picking up that metal chunk off someone's like, Rawr. yeah, it was just like, <laughs> and he kind of he kind of threw around his little second in command a few times when he, he picks up Chekhov. No, no, well, yeah, he picks yeah, up Chekhov. The... He grabs him from the convenient Chekhov grabbing. Oh yeah, that was like the space hilarious. Like, I was wondering that before it happened. I'm like, why is there a fucking handle on his <laughs> chest? And then all of a sudden, it's like, Rawr! <laughs> only reason for it. Now, did which came first? Was it Star Wars that came first, or was it uh, that mo- or Wrath of Khan that came first? Uh, Star, Wars. Star Wars. Okay, so it was a total rip off of a Darth Vader uh, across the thing death grip. No, where he, like, chokes no I don't him. see that. I think it was a rip off. Darth Vader picked a guy up by his neck, so we're gonna pick a guy up by a handle, Con, conveniently Con located on its uniform. Calm wasn't choking though. <laughs> yeah, no. But that's like out. a movie trope thing, where like people like pick somebody up by the car, like, "Hey, get out of here, you little punk!" Like, yeah. sort of okay, thing, but like, compare those two scenes for a second. Like the Darth Vader one, like I don't think there's as much good acting as in that, where as like Ricardo Montalban really knows how to like play the scene. <sighs> Where, you know, you see his, like, fingers curl one by one on the guy and just, like, you know, hoist him up and stuff. That's good acting. Like, Darth Vader, you can't... The guy inside the costume didn't know how to act. Agree to disagree. Yeah. Yeah, Okay, so the guy inside the Darth Vader costume, (laughs) have you heard his voice? Yeah. You've heard his voice. Yeah, not... James Earl Jones. No, 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 no. he's no, not the one. James Earl Jones is in the costume. No, no. <laughs> you cannot convince me otherwise. That is a, that is a fact. <laughs> Have you seen how tall James Earl Jones is? Yeah, he's like same height as Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> 
For anybody who hasn't, definitely go look up the, the onset audio of David Prowse, the guy in the costume, who's actually the caretaker of the old man in the clockwork orange that uh, Malcolm McDowell and his friends rape. But you'll find out that fact. he's the same, he's, that guy is actually James Earl Jones in a costume. Oh, yeah. okay. Is that why his voice yeah. sounds like, you know, where are the plans? It sounds he like Bane. Yeah. <laughs> what are the plans for the Death Star? I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Very big plans. For you. You'll have to excuse me for a brief bio break. Okay, James is going to go take a shit on the floor. There's no response to that question. No There's that cord running through the... Yeah. We're going we're gonna to keep okay. going. Okay. I that think Wrath is. of Khan is... It's the best Star Trek movie, period, in my opinion. It was pretty enjoyable. I'll say that. But, like, I was thinking there, because you were saying before this, like, oh, Rathacon's the best, Rathacon's the best. And, like, I'll fucking admit, I had never seen Rathacon before this. Like, ah. <laughs> and it was, like, it was good, but then, like, I'm thinking at the same time, like, it's like, okay, yeah, it's good. It has, like, some, you know, bits of, you know, where it's, like, problem-solving thinking, like, figuring out a problem, not just, like, punching shit. But then there's, like, action scenes. It's like, ah, or, like, shit's exploding. Yeah, shaky. they have a really good balance. Yeah, I, okay. I did like the balance. I mean, I kind of thought it was... What were you like again, though, when you saw it when about Wrath of like, Khan? Whoa. Like, wow. <laughs> um, the problem-solving, like, wasn't that believable. Like, it's like, oh, I'm just going to, like, you know, fucking kick his ego in the balls and, like, tell him to chase me. Like, I feel like, you know, Khan, if he was some sort of superior intellect, super... But I genetically think engineered thing it was like the pretty much open fact by the end of that movie is that like even Khan's people know that he's pretty much gone insane mm. and they're just following him because that's what they pledge their lives to do that's what that one guy says yeah. like ooh it's Mathra I know you're super superior and everything but like, we could just leave in our ship and go wherever we want he's like yeah. no we must kill Kirk funny thing about that <laughs> he guy he quotes Moby Dick that guy uh, oh god I don't even remember what his name is David Duchovny no the, his name is Joachim in the movie, Joachim okay. or something, but he like tried to stiff them for more money or something, so they left his name out of the credits. Yeah. Okay. So he could have had a career, but... Whatever. Yeah. He thought he looked like he'd been in a couple other movies as like He's actual... been in other Star Trek episodes, too. Oh, yeah. okay. That would explain that. Hey, quick question. No. Why did this... Why was the sandworm the only living organism left on the planet after it got, like, shifted out of orbit? I guess because it was, like, the most nasty, vile thing on the but planet. But, like, what did it survive on if it was the only living organism? Like, Khan's people's brains? But like, that microbes seemed, or something? I don't know. But then it wouldn't be the only living organism. I don't know. I think they I were think referring to, I think he said it was like, the only, like, native fun. life left or something. Um, Maybe they eat each other. Maybe it eats other sandworms. Well, he was feeding it a little bit, wasn't he? In but that's, end? like... Yeah. Was his pet, he said. Yeah, so they must be feeding it with something they have. Who knows? Yeah. I just think he meant, like, you know, megafauna, like plants and animals and stuff. But that's not the important thing. The important thing is that Khan and his people survived, and he's mad. Right. I don't see why he was mad, because... He's really mad. He wants revenge against the Federation. No, no, no. He doesn't want revenge (laughs) on the Federation. He wants revenge against Kirk. Which is the Federation. Okay, so Kirk, or not Kirk, Khan fucked up and, like end up getting, you know, exiled to this planet in the first place. Captain Kirk hit him with a plastic pipe okay. until he stopped moving. But he did something awful to get exiled to this planet. 
and then Kirk didn't check up on him like some sort of babysitter. Like in the, he's angry in about the that. Far future of 1996, Khan okay. and his genetically engineered friends tried to take over the Earth. Yes. And then instead of shooting him in the head, everybody said, "You know what? You're a real bad guy. So we're going to put you in a popsicle ship and shoot you into space because no, you're a bad guy." They escaped. They were unaccounted for, because all the other supermen were accounted for and like put in prison or killed, presumably, and these guys escaped. So in the original episode, Kirk and his crew, they find the ship that's like lost in space, and they wake up Khan and his guys, and Khan and his guys being dicks, they try to take over the Enterprise, and Kirk turns the tables on them, and then he exiles them to this planet that's like kind of rough, but you can survive and build something there. And yeah, I, that's what I right. like. Okay, Khan was a dick. Kirk said, "Okay, you know, live your life. I won't, you know, put a bullet between your eyes." And then he gets angry because Khan or Kirk didn't babysit him and like check up on him every you know five years. Yeah, that doesn't. I mean, okay, whatever. Well, it's you know I think what they're <laughs> getting at is, and like the character probably has no way of knowing this, but in the episode when Kirk decides not to, like, send them to a prison or rehabilitation facility because, like, they're beyond that. Mm-hmm. He just, he, Spock says to him, it'd be interesting to come back in, like, 20 years and see what became of, like, the seed that you planted. Australia? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> Except it didn't work out as well. <laughs> and so, like, that movie, the movie was just continuing on that, explore that question, I guess. Khan's really mad, though. Yeah, he is mad. Because Kirk didn't come back and check on him and his wife got eaten by a sand monster. Right, but... He's not just mad, he's like crazy, and everybody knows it. He's been driven crazy from being really mad. Right. Okay. So uh, he's just crazy. Right, that's what Tigger tells uh, Captain Kirk. He's like, he blames you for the death of his wife. Paul Winfield, voice of Tigger. Yeah. (laughs) He's been, he's, you know what, he's ready to do second degree murder. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I was throwing out a legal concept for you there. Yes. Murder. Now I'm going to cut that in with how, how much cocks do you like? And James was like, yes. Murder. <laughs> what would you do for more cocks? Murder. <laughs> <laughs> Works for me. Con yeah. likes cocks too, though, I, I have to probably imagine. The, the thing that this movie has that motion picture doesn't is it just it's character-driven, which makes it far superior because the three main characters, Kirk, Spock, and Con, they all get really satisfying story arcs within the movie and like they actually do stuff and it's not like they're not everything they do is not governed by some like external force like the probe in the first movie but captain kirk is god in this movie he tells the crewman that you you die now and the crewman dies and scotty's very mad at that Scotty's not mad at him. Yeah, the guy who gets melted, he's like, Captain, he stayed at his post when all the trainees ran away, and Kirk's like, you can die now. He doesn't tell him to die. He's just like, the kid's like dying anyway, and he's just like, you know, like giving him comfort, and then he's like, Ugh. He's saying the order's given, and the kid's like, I'm going to die because now. Because that's the one thing the kid wanted. Yeah, to, to like follow yeah. the orders until yeah. his last breath. Until, until he died. Captain yeah. Kirk said, all right. New assignment, dead. Yeah, but he didn't tell him to. He didn't order him to die. <laughs> yeah, and then he created a new planet. Maybe he was God. Yeah, exactly. See, yeah, and he resurrected his friend on the planet. Prove to me he's not. God. But that you didn't know that if you had only seen this movie. But Kirk's God. Okay, though, that was so he, like he fucking you just Marvel. Another movie for Justin. The next movie's called Return of Spock or something <laughs> like that. Search for Spock. Anyway, 
Oh, like it was like a fucking Marvel ending right there because it was like, oh, it's like Spock's coffin. What's gonna happen? Like, oh, it's Thanos' glove. What the fuck gonna happen? Like, no post-credit scene. But it's pretty much like a post-credit scene now, where it's like, ooh, it's the torpedo case, and all the plants are growing around it. And Hmm. you know why they did that? Because the test screenings were so bad that they had to give. The test screenings of him dying were so bad they had to put that in the end of the movie to satisfy people that there was going to be some other story. Much like Malcolm McDowell shooting Captain Kirk in the back in Generations. Right. Yeah, they had to go back and add something in to make people understand. But it does work in this movie. I think it was the right choice. It browns out the Kirk is God analogy. But he's not really God because God didn't really pay any price for creating a planet. You know, Kirk had to lose his best friend. He had to deal with like he had to crazy Bible son. thumpers. Oh, yeah, well, that that's too. in the next movie, but yeah. he didn't create a planet in the next See? movie. He had to like cha- he had to exchange his son for his best friends. <laughs> right. So it's you know it's an allegory. Yeah, but that's what I like about Wrath of Khan is that the whole conceit of the original series was that the only guys who ever died were the red shirt dudes who were losers. Who were losers? Yeah, and they didn't they didn't do anything except die, and that was like, and everybody had a good laugh at the end of the episode, regardless. <laughs> Which but, is the best part of it, right? <laughs> because like Jesus, like ten people in your crew just died, and you're still like telling jokes on the bridge. They and, have the quip and the little like xylophone like ding yeah, ding yeah, ding. yeah. <laughs> but in this movie, like. He actually has to face that no-win scenario that he cheated his way out of. In the doesn't the he really cult. cheat his way out of this one too? Because Spock just gets given back to him, consequence-free. Well, Spock's kind of fucked up after he comes back to life for a long time. Remember, like they take like yeah. three movies to get his I know, brain right. I know. Again. <laughs> then Doctor McCoy, you know, yeah. it's all it all gets fixed up, and Kirk, you know, whatever. He he doesn't have to pay child support anymore. He's come out ahead in this equation, right? But just. Taken by itself, like they have, they do away with that idea that you know everything's fine in the end, and and that he just wins no matter what. Well, he wins, but he has to pay a price, and it's some somebody dies that he actually cares about instead of just some doofus that he's going to get a replacement for. Like when he orders the crewman to die, he doesn't do that. <laughs> a Kirk is God. I'm going to stick with that analogy. This is, it's a deep interpretation, and Khan is Captain Ahab. Well, ever, that's a really easy one to make. I mean, I agree with that one. And he even quotes Moby Dick for like half the movie, so. Well, it's one of the books on his shelf. Right. I guess Kirk gave him the book to be an asshole. Yeah, he gave him like like Milton. and They talked about it in the episode, but yeah. Shakespeare, King Watch Lear. It. I yeah. might. You won't. I won't. You, should, you, you will. Just watch the, the, like type in Captain Kirk Khan fight or something on YouTube and just mm-hmm. watch the, the fight scene. After Ricardo, a watch, you got the clap. <clears throat> where Ricardo Montalban and, and William Shatner throw each other into cardboard walls and try very carefully not to break like the saran wrap plastic over a light bulb like computer console. Very carefully. And then Kirk pulls out the one rod that comes out of the wall, not just like the head that's taped to it, and hits Khan with a piece of plastic. It looks like one of the pumps Was it that comes out of the this movie or soap. the motion picture where like Spock went like, rawr, and then like <laughs> smash the computer? That looked like a light bright. Yeah, he did the... That was in the motion picture. Oh, okay. When, when V'ger was scanning their computers and Spock's like, ah, like, try to get them, it zaps him. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty funny. I like. Or like when Spock was adjusting the warp core that was like a, a cardboard tube with tinfoil wrapped around it because it kept wobbling when he was touching it. 
and the smoke machine in there was blowing smoke in his face. He probably couldn't when did see he it. actually? Oh, oh, in Wrath of Khan. In, yeah, in Wrath okay. of Khan. Okay. He's like trying to pull the cap off, and it's like the thing's wobbling. He's like, "Oh, better pick it up some more." I was, yeah, that was that was a small mistake. Just like I was telling James, the fun fact about that set is that they built it accidentally to be airtight. So Leonard Nimoy was actually suffocating when they were filming that. And they, the, one of the takes, they thought he was just doing a really good job of playing dead. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, they built it wrong. So there was no air holes at all on it. I don't know why they would fucking do that, but they did. Well, I guess that's good engineering then. <laughs> Whoops. It's in Leonard Nimoy's book, I Am Spock. What about the other one, I'm Not Spock? He, he disavowed that book, though. Okay. So here's a fun question. Zachary Quinto is a better Spock than Leonard Nimoy. Get the fuck out of here, James. I think that's a fun thing to nope. talk about. I don't, I don't think that's funny at all. <laughs> I, I, I think we should discuss it. I think okay. that's... I think that Let's Zach, do it. Zachary Quinto is doing a Leonard Nimoy impression, so there's no comparison anyway. He's doing a Spock impression. He's doing Leonard Nimoy as Spock impression. Oh, I think Leonard yeah. Nimoy was doing Leonard well, there's Nimoy like, as Spock. Okay, there's like one thing where like, if you are given a character and you make something out of it to make the character memorable and whatnot, and the new Star Trek really is just taking those characters that those actors and original writers built to be memorable and lovable and whatnot and said, okay, we'll plop them in these movies, these Jason Bourne movies with mm -hmm. Spock ears. Mm -hmm. And, you know, talk like Spock, say logical a couple times, and you're good. So, like, they pretend to be Spock. Like, uh, that's what... After watching these two movies, it's like, yeah, okay, Leonard Nimoy is like a better Spock, I think. I think, I think we've jumped to conclusion there. I don't know that we can derive that yet no the, the, conversation. the actor didn't do anything on his own he's just saying okay i used to watch you know star wars as, or star trek as a kid and this, this spock actually entertained the idea of emotion i don't remember that in the earlier ones really yeah okay he's a deeper spock <laughs> well that's what i was talking about with motion picture he's the only person like he's like a robot in the beginning of the movie and by the end he's learned to accept you know, that he can have emotions and that he has a human half too, whereas he was trying to be like a computer, like Major. Was the motion picture the one where he would like start out with like that weird ceremony thing? And he fails? Well, I thought it didn't look like he failed. Just like, oh, like they were about to like award him whatever medal and then it was like, oh, we got some other news. You failed. No, they, they, they like he like pu pushes away the metal and they're like, you know, whatever, mind meld with me. And they're like, oh, you know, this, this shit like speaks to your human half or whatever. And it's like, you have not achieved Kolinar or whatever. Okay. I think they did a better job of illustrating that in the new movies. Where he did nothing of consequence. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. I he think was all like, I, I don't want to do this. New movie Spock is about being angry. He's mad. Yeah, he's very emo. Because kids made fun of him in school. Yeah, they're like, your mom's a whore. And he's like, Wee! You know? <laughs> It's like, your planet's dead, and he gets all angry and shit. Yeah. Yeah, and he goes back to his quarters and puts on, you know, Linkin Park, Crawling in My Skin. Yep. Yeah, it's a good song. And he bangs you, Uhura. She sucks his dick. That's what he says, like, you failed... 
xenolinguistics, and she's like, I have exceptional oral sensitivity. That means I blew you. And the audience goes, oh, yeah, JJ. JJ's like, hey, like money, yeah. yeah. <laughs> JJ counts his money, Spock gets his dick sucked, and yep. it's the circle of life. Because everybody likes that. <laughs> Not saying the new ones are like pieces of trash or anything, but they're just... Yeah, but they're better oh. than the old ones, right? Mm. No, they're not. Okay. I would say Rathacon's <laughs> better than any of the new ones I've seen. Yeah. But the motion either. picture... Uh, I think Star Trek... I don't know. Star Trek 2009 is, to me, at, on par overall with motion picture because they're both really flawed movies. Star Trek 2009 is probably easier to sit through, but yeah. they both got... It's they like can both this. be flawed, and it's like there's one I'd rather see over the other. Yeah, but it's like you got to choose. Like okay. the only flaw in the 2009 one, though, realistically, though, is that Matt Damon wasn't in it. Right. <laughs> well, and the fact that they make a cadet the captain of the Enterprise after just one hour. We, we don't. We don't know that. It could have been a really long time. And they never said. You know, three weeks later, that could have been like three years. We don't know. I'd, could have been. Remember, it's a meritocracy, not a uh, line promotion. When you got game, you got game. They weren't like, ah, oh, LeBron James, you're just a rookie. We're not going to let you play. They're like, LeBron James, you're the best player in the league. We're going to let you play. I'm pretty sure it's not like basketball. It's pretty. It's a lot like <laughs> basketball, though. It's like because they have ranks and stuff. and That's how the military works, though. If you really yeah, but remember at... Starship Troopers? Barney Stinson became a general like two days later. Yeah, if you're really good at basketball, they let you be a general. Mm-hmm. But they assigned people in that movie to their roles based on psychographics. That's how they did right? it in this show, too. No. Yeah. They were like, oh, well, here's a psychographic test. Now you're a captain. <laughs> you just didn't see that part. <laughs> That's when Grant went to the bathroom. <laughs> no. That's when I was playing the whole movie in my head because I didn't need to watch it again. <laughs> terrible, terrible movie. False. You like Attack of the Clones. I don't know what that movie is. You think Star Wars, the new Star Wars movies are better. You think the prequels are better than the originals. See, I will defend the prequels on occasion. What? <laughs> James and I James and I may argue about that. Or Justin and I. Justin has come after me many times for defending the prequels. <laughs> I, I, James just, likes I can only think of that one scene know, where like Anakin are. and Padme are at like the dinner table. Oh, those. Oh, and he's like cutting <laughs> up the pear with the force and it's no, really Star creepy. Wars. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah okay. I'm not defending Hayden Christensen as a non-creepy actor. <laughs> like Anakin is super creepy. I don't know. He's like, like the central character of yeah. the fucking prequels. He is a little creepy the way he's played. I a little that. thing I hated about that is it was well within their capacity to dumb down the technology. Instead, they made it better and then we went to the the three originals and the technology just took a huge shit all over the place. That's but the problem I had with it. If you watch the behind the scenes of filming the Star Wars prequels, it's like, it's clearly, a lot of it is not the actor's fault. It's George Lucas going up to them and telling them, like, I want you to do it, like, exactly this well, way. Well, no, it's, and, you know. it's, it's that <laughs> and the fact, like, he took, you know, three different cuts and, like, literally mid-shot of an actor, like, He'll use cut one and cut two. Yeah. And like stitch them together digitally. So it's like the actor watches the movie. It's like, I never said those words in that order. It was two takes that George cut together. And my lips are moving all over the place. Well, we corrected it with CGI's. Can we talk about how the most recent Star Wars movie was an exact 
replica of the I think we did original. that. Original. We did. Okay, we did. Good. And we, uh, I think we were divided on that. However, I concluded that I liked the prequels better than The Force Awakens because The Force Awakens was a piece of shit that was just a copy of a superior movie. See, The Force Awakens yeah. is a lot like the new Ghostbusters movie. It was Ghostbusters remade with girl power, and I think that's the same thing for the new Star Wars movies. It's like, oh, look, girls can do this too, but they get to skip all of the training that guys had to go through for 15 years to achieve hey, their Hey, Luke powers. skipped all the training too, is all yeah, I'll say. he went and hung out with yeah, Yoda for a while. The for like thing is three that, days. Yeah, but this, whatever her... Jedi oh, training takes I years. Remember. Remember this I, chick's name, but she just was like, "Oh, look at me! I'm no, doing no. all the Jedi stuff now." She I'll agree with meaning. James's point about how we don't know how much time passed there because, you know, they're sitting on the Millennium Falcon. We don't know if they're there for like weeks or whatever, and the Imperials are just searching for them in the asteroid field and stuff. I mean, he but it's been, not years, right? It's not years by any means. To but, be able to take down a Jedi yeah. Master like what Anakin was portrayed here's as. The thing, like, what other what other people are opposing him in the original trilogy? There's nobody doing like the acrobatic shit anymore. You got a guy who's a cripple and he's like a half cyborg, Darth Vader. You've got an 86-year-old dude, the Emperor, who can just, you know, barely squeeze out the lightning, looks like, and his face is melting. And Obi-Wan's dead and he's old anyway. Yoda's too old to do anything. He dies. Um, there's really, like... Luke doesn't really need to have like the total Jedi package of skills to like beat them. Mm. And also, I think a lot of people chalk it up to he's the son of Anakin, so Anakin's the most powerful Jedi ever. So Luke should be able to skip a few grades. Can, <laughs> can we talk about like number one chess master move by Yoda? Because obviously Anakin's going to be conflicted about his killing his own son. <laughs> I mean, he you know rolled the <laughs> dice on that one that he's going to question his loyalty to the Emperor, who's a crazy old man when he's going to kill his own son. And also, Luke does leave early, and he pays the price. Yeah, he gets, gets his, his hand, hand cut off, off, and his best friend is almost killed. So, there are some consequences to his lack of training. So, to James's point, in the new movie, it's just like, uh, mm, I'm a Jedi now, uh, mind trick the Stormtrooper, I'm right. going to fight Kylo Ren, the, and, the end. And I think between... Return of the or uh, between Empire and Return of the Jedi, isn't it like a four or six month time period? I thought it was like closer to a year, but whatever. Yeah, and Luke makes pretty clear, and they have some deleted scenes too, where it's pretty clear he's been training that whole time, and like he builds his lightsaber in that one deleted scene that they had. At, yeah, in uh, Obi Wan's house. Yeah, yeah, at the celebration or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you, James. Though. I. I I just really disliked Force Awakens because it was an it was an insult to me, really, because it's like I've seen this movie before and I've seen people do it better. Mm-hmm. Girl power. I like, and I have no issue yeah. with girl power. Right. It's just that's what that was. I like the idea of a female protagonist, and I like Daisy Ridley. Mm-hmm. I think she's pretty good for the role, but it's just like the lazy. way they wrote the characters, like lazy. Yeah, it's lazy. Like they just made her good at everything right off the bat. I think the the term that I'm trying to coin is uh, sloppy feminism. <laughs> uh, I, I think the the motivation was correct, but the execution was sloppy feminism. Yeah. Just the thing that got it for me was like where she is able to take on Kylo Ren in a lightsaber battle. Kylo Ren had no real training either, other than that he. But he had more Somehow. than her. He had way more than her. He had, tra- yeah. he had training at Luke's Jedi Club until he killed yeah. everybody, and then he went and found his grandpa's hat, and it helped him be evil. He even asked it to help him be evil in please that one me, scene. Please tell me you guys have seen the Family Guy Star Wars movies. Yeah. 
where something, uh, something, Chris is yeah. Chris is training. Yeah. And he's like, I feel like the uh, the dark side has a way better gym than we do. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's though. great. The, you know what? It. Actually, the dark side probably does have a way better gym because the, the <laughs> they Sith, have a facility. The Sith people in the prequels do a lot more crazy shit than the Jedi, like Darth Maul and Anakin in Episode Three. Like they're doing a lot more acrobatic stuff than Obi Wan. I don't know. Maybe Count, Count Dooku can hardly move. Because Dar- he's Darth Maul was the, the best <laughs> Sith ever, though. I yeah. think we can all agree on that. Count Dooku, I don't. His lightsaber that looks like a like a floppy dildo. <laughs> Christopher Lee was six hundred years old when they filmed that. Yeah, I know, but he, and they passed it off as he has like a more regal style of lightsaber combat. But it's like, no, we get it. He's like old. Just admit it. <laughs> we talked about Kylo Ren's lightsaber and how it was kind of lame. Oh yeah, that. Oh yeah. The hilt on it. It's like, yeah. Eh. I know what you're going for. How does he but... not cut himself every time? He's I using thank that. you, thank you. Yeah, that's uh, frustrating. It is like, frustrating. At least lose a thumb, you know. See, isn't this like the qu- this podcast is like the quintessential argument that every Star Trek fan has? It's like every time they want to talk about Star Trek, Star Wars hijacks the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> One is clearly superior. Don't go there, James. Well, it's, I think that, <laughs> where did the conversation go, and where did you just say it always goes to the more superior product? I think I agree with you. I think there are more Star Wars fans than Star Trek fans out there. I think it's yeah, it's just law. I think law. it's I just think, an easier pill to swallow is, as yeah. far as a fandom goes. And one, one applies to a bigger audience. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think because Justin's right, it's it's a it casts a wider net for an audience. It's fantasy, yeah. I mean, fantasy is more applicable to more people. Being than having to watch yeah. six or seven movies isn't as bad as, oh, watch the movies, oh yeah, there's a series, and there's like another series after that, and then the third series after that is like kind of, eh, but you can still watch it, it's okay. It's like, you have to get into like that sort of time span, it's like getting hard. It's like people watch the Marvel movies, it's like, okay, yeah, there's the main Marvel movies, but there's also like series in between, but you don't have to watch the series. I think one, really of the other, one of the other things that Star Wars benefits from is it didn't have several generations of episodes that alienated different fan bases, so there's not the split as well. That's, well, I mean, people, there's a lot of people who do hate the Clone Wars. I don't understand the hate. But not to the same extent, though. Yeah, you're right. Like, I mean, how many iterations of episodes did, uh, did Star Trek have? Versus Star Wars just has a couple of movies. It's not... Yeah. I mean, I know they do have the Clone Wars and stuff, but that's kind of a different derivative. It's not, here's your same product and our interpretation of it. Yeah, you're right about that. They're, and people were very polarized. I think every new series that's come out of Star Trek, it's polarized the fans, and then there's been like a split in the community. And where's the natural landing place? Well, I think they land right back on... No, no, no. Here's the thing that happens. is like when a new Star Trek series come out, they they stop bitching about the old series, and then the the divide's about the new one, and then they land universally back into the old one that they used to bitch about, and how everybody likes that one. That's what happened with Next Generation. Everybody was like totally against it in the beginning, and now it's like regarded as the best series. Yeah. I mean, so Star Trek definitely has more volume, but with more volume comes more opportunities to annoy people. But I think that people were right to be upset about Next Generation because the first season sucked. It did suck. And everybody should feel yeah. bad about it. But they got their rhythm. They got their shit together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's like uh, Pod Racing Episode 1 was you know, the only thing they could sell you on in the movie until they had the lightsaber yeah, fight. You're not going to hear me defending Pod Racing. I you, can't, you nobody two, can. You had two things going. You had the Pod Racing and you had the big fight in the laser power room at the end. 
Two things. Wait, we do or don't like pod racing? I, I don't I like do, it. I do not I, like pod dude, racing. Dude, that N64 game was pretty good. That's what I was going to say. But only, after you printed off the cheats yeah. for it for half an hour. And the <laughs> only good thing about pod racing was episode one racer and racer revenge. Those were good games. Yeah, but I mean, fuck, like, come on. Star Wars the Republic that, Command is a great game, but you had to suffer through the fucking Clone Wars movie to get that. The thing that killed me about pod racing wasn't necessarily that they did it, but those types of engines have exhaust. And the pilot's sitting in a cart right in the jet wash from all of those. things. <laughs> like, like, fucking dead. Is, it, is anybody else not noticing the G-forces that would be hitting him in the face from the air with the pollution? I mean, eh, I'm just going to throw that out I think there. they explain, though, not all of that, but Anakin's the only human who can do it, remember? Because he's got such a... He's got precognitive abilities, but they, that's basically. His, but that doesn't that's affect his lungs. That's his reflexes. James but, is saying he's standing behind a jet engine. That's what I mean. The metachlorians are also filtering his blood and stuff. Aren't they preventing <laughs> oh him from God. having like, his face <laughs> stretched out? by all the... It's like, we're going to go to the coal factory and put our mouths on the top of it and not for 20 minutes and not die. That's, that's <laughs> but what But that's, that's like, uh, remember in episode one in the beginning where they, the Nemoidian, the Japanese guys, try to poison <laughs> try to poison Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon and they just I know. basically hold their breaths. I know, I know. They smell the poison gas right. and then hold their breaths. Because they can hold their breaths for a really long time because of the force. And so when that... the screenwriter doesn't know how to get them out of the situation, yeah. they can run away really fast. <laughs> <laughs> that effect looks really cheesy still. But like, they never do it again. Like, they never do it again. It would <laughs> come fucking in, Looney Tunes. It would come in handy so many times, but they never do it again. He could have been doing it the Darth Maul the whole time. I, like, <laughs> he could have been doing like the Dragon Ball Z, like you know, the, <laughs> the whole time. That would, yeah. How many times would it have come in handy? That would have been great throughout. At least the, three that I can think of. Right off the top of your head, but it's like, oh fuck, we don't know how to get him out of the situation. And George Lucas there with his pencil and like the writers meeting, like. Or what if they ran away really fast and they're like, oh, that works. Yeah, okay, great. <laughs> Never visit all, that they're again. They're all yes men, so they're like, yeah, George, that's a great idea. Just keep paying me. Oh, if you haven't <laughs> ever watched the behind-the-scenes like making of the Star Wars prequels, definitely watch it, the the documentary. Okay. Because it's like George Lucas walks into the room. He's like, I think this guy's hair should be blue. And they're all like, yes, George, that's a great idea. We were we were going to make it blue, but we wanted to make you know get your approval first. Please don't fire us. <laughs> I mean, was he, I'm one was he volatile? No, just yeah. like he's so like got his his fingers in the ass of every part of the production that it just. There's a clip of him on set like telling Hayden Christensen like I rewrote this over the weekend. I want I want you to stop here and turn and say no, I won't betray the Republic just like that. And Hayden Christensen goes, okay, I, mean, I guess I could do that. He's like he's fucking acting in the movie. He's designing the sets. He's approving the costumes. He's going into like the clay model room and saying like, "No, make that two inches bigger." And just leave it alone. You hired them because they're good at their jobs, and the result is you know the the person who's the prequels falls on their shoulders is George Lucas because it was all him. Yeah. Well, some of the actors are good at their jobs, like. I'm not going to excuse Natalie Portman. Her acting is just bad. I don't think she's a good actress to begin with. I don't I mean, think so I either, but bad. I think her role in that wasn't to be expressive. I think it was to be somewhat sit back and bland. Yeah, I get like they try to make her do actiony things because, like, you know, she's Leia's mother and stuff, but I just. She was, wrong, she was the wrong choice. Flat. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm saying, I think her character was supposed to be flat, though, in fairness. But I probably in the first movie because she's the queen and everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe. But in like the next couple, yeah, that's like, fair. That's come fair. on, really? I mean, like, I think she was the wrong choice from the beginning. They though. should have used her double. Yeah, Kira Knightley. 
Keira yeah. Knightley was her double? Yeah, yeah, she's... Remember when they do, like, the switcheroo? Like, I'm the queen, and I'm the fake handmaiden. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the fake queen is Keira Knightley. I forgot she was in that. I think Keira Knightley would have been a better Yeah, they queen should, should just use her. Yeah. <laughs> she was in the Pirates of the Caribbean very right. nicely. So, she was yeah. excellent in that, yeah. You know, let's just be honest. She's excellent in everything, because she's hot, so... Yeah. Call spade is paid. <laughs> <laughs> we do that a lot here. Actually, Natalie Portman's attractive, too. She just didn't act very Just good. Yeah, just really bad at acting. It happens. Have you seen the Natalie Portman rap? No. That's another video you should look up. Okay. Natalie Portman rap. Just that? Yeah, okay. it's, a, it's a Saturday Night Live music video when Andy uh, Samberg was doing all of his Lonely Island stuff. came out about the same time. I thought you were going to throw us some nudes, James. Some what? Some nudes. I don't have them. I thought, I thought you were going to help us out. Sorry. Oh, man. But it'd be like today if, you know, the, if they... It, she was miscast because it'd be like today if they cast like the girl from the Big Bang Theory as the queen. I just can't see her doing that. Well, I hear that Lena Dunham's going to be in the new Star Wars movie. Pff, fuck that. <laughs> what, is she going to be a sack of oatmeal? <laughs> <laughs> James is quiet because he thinks she's really hot. I don't know what you're talking about. Lena Dunham? Why don't you look her up on your... your Smart device right now. I want your reaction. The smartphone, the jitterbug. <laughs> yeah, look her up on your jitterbug. Does jitterbug have smartphones? Uh, Thank they, God, no, they no. have only flip phones. They have. Oh. The, I don't the, know yeah. if like there was a second gen smart or a jitterbug type thing. They might. What has she been in? She's been in Quaker oatmeal commercials. Oh, I know who this is. She yeah. doubles as the bag. No good. <laughs> no good. <laughs> She's gross. She's going to be shipped out to build the wall. <laughs> build a wall. <laughs> anyway, yeah. We ended up talking about Star Wars again. I know. It's funny how that happens. It seems like Star Trek is destined for super high sci-fi blog posts more. Well, it's just that I, there's... Unless we're going to sit down and talk about, you know, the original series, the animated series, yeah. Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Enterprise, and, uh, you know... The various the CBS series is going to come out. On the various like, attempts to have yeah. other things happen. Like, there's just a lot of shit to cover. Yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was saying before. Yeah. I've literally not seen any of Lena Dunham's movies. Any of them. Don't start. No it's probably she better. She looks familiar, start. but I don't know what she was in. She's uh, she created that HBO series. Girls. Yeah. Yeah. See, I mean, you look at the list. I haven't seen any of those. I don't I've never heard of most of them. Well, you go. Anyway, next week when James is back in his vampire coffin. That was a cat search for Spock, Star Trek 3. <laughs> and I think we could just keep doing two for, because all these, the first, the two, three, and four, and five to a certain extent are kind of related. Yeah, like I just say to people who are listening if this wasn't detailed enough for you, like if there was too much Star Wars in this, we are gonna have we are gonna have like written posts, you know, sometime in the near future. So you'll be able to go and actually get your fill if you, if that's if Star Trek is really what you want because of the troubles with Star Trek that we just uh, declared. You know, there's just so much to cover. James will be writing them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Star Trek Three: Search for Spock, Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home. Both of which I think will be a real treat for Justin because he hasn't seen them before. So Justin, just to preface it, I think that you will have some problems with Star Trek Three, 
but that you will really like Star Trek IV. That's what I always heard. It's an odd number movie. Yeah. And, and per usual, talk about Star Wars. Right. <laughs> we're, we're talking yeah. about Star Wars. James, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. It's been lovely. We'd like to have you back in another year. Perfect. See how you've progressed and grown. Oh, outstanding. Okay. We're going to pour some water on you and put you in some soil. Watch and... me grow. Yeah. We're going to watch you grow like a little James flower. Beautiful. Groot. That, uh, I am Groot. Go. I am James. He yes. has a better <laughs> command of English than Vin Diesel, though. I am Groot. <laughs>